First episode in my brand new book. Yes. It's taken to, what, this is our 45th episode. Yeah, for give me or to, take. For me to get on to, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. You finally filled all 15 pages in your previous book. Yeah, I know. It, it took so long. Um, episode 45 of Pods. In the key oh. of Springfield. Today we are looking at season four, episode 20, Whacking Day. Whacking Day. Um... And we're also looking at season four, episode twenty-one, "Margin Chains." Margin charge. A reference to uh, the Tina Arena nineteen ninety-ish hit. I'm in chains. Oh, I assumed you were going to make an Alice in Chains reference. No. Alice in Chains being, of course, uh, your best friend in primary school. That's not true. Uh, did I have a friend in primary school? Probably not. <laughs> what? Any friend? Yeah, I'm not. I, I can't remember any friends from primary school. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, there was someone I went to. Uh, uh, someone I went to primary school with is now a news reporter on one of our local nightly news channels. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> have you considered reaching out to them to do a report on this podcast? No. And in local news tonight, a popular animated sitcom, The Simpsons, now has a podcast dedicated to it. Oh, man, I'm glad. I, I thought you were going to say popular local podcast, and I was going to have to call you out. It's called Two Bad Neighbors. And make you do a corrections <laughs> corner. It's called Angry Dad. Um, uh, so, season four, episode 20, Whacking Day, Couch Gag. Every, the whole family has to sit on one tiny little chair. Hilarious! What happened to the couch? The recession happened to the couch. They the had to sell the couch. The recession happened just specifically to the couch. Yeah, it was a couch recession. They had a to trade recession. away their couch. They couldn't afford the couch anymore. And now they just have a chair. Are you sure they didn't take their couch and somehow dispose of it? <laughs> See, this is why we record the podcast both sitting on a single chair. That's not true. We sit on individual chairs. We have separate chairs. There are two chairs and there are two of us. Nick, don't, don't break the magical fiction that we've built up. I don't here. think you and I totem poling on a chair is a magical fiction. <laughs> You're breaking the magic circle. Herzing would be very upset. Uh, I, uh, that's the second time in three episodes you've mentioned this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's one of, our, one of our biggest uh, supporters. Herzinger? Herzinger. Is he related to Nicole Scherzinger, former Pussycat Doll? Sure, why not? Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) What were some of the songs the Pussycat Dolls had? Um, They had... uh, um, uh, Oh my god. Because I feel like they're on the periphery of my knowledge, like I'm aware of them, but I couldn't name a single song they've done. Why can't I think of a single Pussycat Doll song? (laughs) I just Uh, tend to think of the Spice Girls, but uh, more cat related. Yeah, every, every song that I'm thinking of is either Spice Girls or All Saints. Um, All Saints, the uh, popular drama on uh, yeah, the Australian, Australian TV. The Australian hospital drama. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I can't think of a single Pussycat Dolls song, apparently. Huh. I feel, I feel it really like, seemed like a thing you would know inside out. I feel like they had a song that was called like, Touch It, or like, Bump It. Or like it was a short. Are you thinking of an ad for that bop edge toy? <laughs> Touch it, twist it, bop edge, grind it, um, uh, uh, do it uh, harder, stronger, faster. 
Uh, no, I'm just going to have a quick look at Pussycat Dolls, and then we'll get to this episode. Okay, this episode being Whacking Day, in which some snakes must get whacked. Uh, Barry White pops up, he can't get enough of your love. This episode is a... Oh, they did Don't You? Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend, girlfriend was, was a Cat, hot. like me. Meow. <laughs> yeah. With a guest appearance from um, Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> I'm running that through my head now. Is that a good song? I think it might be. I'm not sure that I'm willing to sign off on it as being good. Well, you know, as far as, you know, pop songs. Late 90s pop music goes. I think it was probably fine. It might hold up. You know what I found is really hold up rather well? Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Oh, yeah. From 1994 or 95. That was one of the first CDs I ever bought. Yeah. Um... Uh, I say one of the first because te- I-, I tell people Jagged Little Pills, my first album I ever bought. Technically, the first CD I ever bought was the soundtrack to the Mr. Bean movie, <laughs> but that is nowhere near as cool as saying it was the Jagged Little Pill. See, I told you the other day uh, the first album I ever bought was uh, Queen Greatest Hits Volume 2, and you, you said, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like. Because we were in a group of friends comparing first albums. Yeah, and I was like, that's a genuinely good answer to have. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, technically, Mr. Bean. Uh, but we ignore that. But anyway, the Jack great Little... irony being that Mr. Bean doesn't speak nor sing. Well, yeah, but it was just see that's the thing is that it was it was just, just a lot of it was it was just the kind of pop rock that was licensed for the soundtrack in the movie. Fucking OMC's How Bizarre was on it. <laughs> How bizarre indeed. I know. Um, and then a cover of uh, there was some. Some girl group I've never heard of that did a cover Pussycat of... Pussycat Dolls. He's a Rebel. It wasn't the Pussycat Dolls. I don't even think the Pussycat Dolls were born at the time I bought this album. Um, uh, implying that they're a band for young people. There, James. He's a Rebel, Rebel. Okay, got yes. it. Yes. Um, yeah. He's a Rebel, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Skinner's evil laugh after the mountain bikes comment. Yes. Uh, this episode is a fucking cavalcade of joy. Oh, I was man. losing my mind watching this. This is an episode that, a phrase that I like to use every now and then in this episode, this episode, uh, on, on this podcast, this episode does not relent. No, this episode does not relent. And furthermore, it fucks. This is getting a this episode fucks rating from me. Oh. The only rating system that I've implemented. On you're, this you're, podcast you're, you're officially you're putting your chips down. You're yep. saying that this episode fucks. Put my f chips down. This you're is f- an episode that down. fucks. Wow. It opens with old mate skin dog trapping a bunch of children under a false pretense and then good. keeping them trapped for the entire episode. Very good. Um, in this episode, where Bud does get expelled after breaking yes. out. I feel like Skinner doesn't have much of a leg to stand on, really, because he trapped a bunch of children in a room. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like... Yeah, what is it? Seems like Bart should be able to get away with this. Seems like if he told anyone... What is the exact mechanism for Bart getting expelled again? Like, what is the event that causes well, he, him to get expelled? Well, he hits Chalmers in the butt with a tractor. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, oh, that's what I was... That's something I was going to ask. Yes. Um, uh, uh, in So, in a recent episode, we talked about how... Uh, Skinner has quite a nice butt. Yes, he does. Who's got a better butt, Skinner or Chalmers? Ooh, that is a good question. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know... I feel like Skinner's was more shapely. Yeah, I definitely feel like Skinner works out more than Chalmers does. Oh, interesting. Well, it's probably the army background. Yeah. He probably keeps himself a little more trim. Yeah, and he makes sure that he keeps the shoelaces tied up, you know, over and under, in and out. That's what shoe tying's all about. Chalmers, Mm. uh... His bending over is motivated by greed. He wants to pick up a 50 cent piece that has been stuck between two flowers. That's, y- yes, that's a good point. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, 
virtue has to come into it when we are judging buds. <laughs> judging buds being our side podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Um, judging buds, a subsidiary podcast of Scrote That Dick, a subsidiary podcast of Eat My Shorts, a subsidiary podcast of Pod to the Key of Springfield. I don't think we've ever made the Scrote That Dick joke on this podcast. I feel like I, I would have used the phrase Scrote That Dick. Scrote That Dick. Um, uh, where did that originate? Was that was that when the Fassbender thing came out? <laughs> when the movie Shame came out, I may have I may have said that that dick was worth scoping. <laughs> yeah, I know you said it was considerable, which yeah. is my favorite adjective I've ever heard applied to a dick. Um, anyway, um, so I've got here. Yes, uh, Chalmers talks about school cuts. Jackal will say something about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, this always this resonates whenever they talk about what an awful situation the school is in. I don't work at a school, I work at a university. Which That's, one? Who can say? But it's still... It, it, it's like, I mean, university is... You, you might disagree with me here. I think university is a subset of school. I think school is a place of learning. I don't think it's an age-dependent place of learning. Yeah, it's like big boy school. Big person school. The hell happened to maybe big boy? <laughs> sure. It's a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've got a, I got a lot of thoughts about the current state of university education. I probably shouldn't get into on this. My podcast about the Simpsons, nominally about the Simpsons, nominally. Only but nominally. Um, yeah, the idea of cutting down to two R's yes. is uh, definitely something that is actually happening at the moment. It's. Uh, um, have I talked before about? You really how... need if you're at university, please go to the lectures because the topic will get cut if you don't. Have I? Um... Uh, I must have talked before on this podcast about how the three R's has always irritated me as a phrase. <laughs> that definitely and seems I, like a thing. I'm glad that it doesn't really exist here in Australia as a phrase. Well, no, there's reading, arithmetic, and... Writing. Writing. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, of the three R's, two of them start with letters other than R. Yes. Um, but they've got those R sounds. Yeah, I know, but it's not good enough. We don't say the three R sounds... Um, you know, if you say the three C's, yeah. you don't assume that the ocean, as in S E A, as in C, is mm. one of them, right? You assume it's three things that start with C. Yeah, it's just playing so fast and loose with the definition of what should be a thing in an institution of learning. Like, I just don't, I don't like it. In my class, the three R's are reading, writing, and are you going to eat that? It's good. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say in your class the three things are. Reading, really lots and lots of talk about sneaky pigs <laughs> and who are your guys. And uh, revising sentences to remove references to my podcast I don't want my students to know about. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, revising references to remove, uh, revising sentences to remove references. Lovely. Now, these bullies who are trapped in this little room, why do they care so much about missing school? What the hell happened to my bullies? Um, uh, yeah, why do they care about missing school? Yeah, because they're, oh. they're very keen to break out of there. But if they break out, they're just going to have to learn more things. No, but isn't that because they're upset about imagining a, a world without bullies? That upsets them? That's that's their motivation? Yeah, they, I guess they're distressed by the idea of Milhouse needing to fill up his own shirt with leaves. Yeah, crud, I think you'll find. Um, uh, I think they are distressed because everyone is the centre of their own narrative. They are worried mm. that without them, without their presence in mm. the school, that the school will, in many ways, cease to be. Yes, that's an interesting thought. Like their hero's journey is being sidelined. Isn't the isn't there a philosopher who philosophized that when you leave a room, that room ceases to exist for you, or something like that? 
And maybe the school, uh, maybe the, the bullies are actually having an existential crisis. Is this the whole idea of if a tree falls in the woods and nobody can hear it, then, uh, you know, you have to aim for the centre and put it in? See, the, the problem with that theory yeah. is that uh, as soon as you learn about how the physics of sound works, yeah. um, you forget how to play golf. That's the sound of one hand clapping. But is it? Well, yeah, it was. it was. I mean, it was, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Shit. Was, yeah, sorry. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to get too tricky here, but that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, oh. oh, little cameo by the PlayStation. A little cameo by the PlayStation. Hey, PlayStation. Chalmers is really wonderful in this. Chalmers uh, is good. Is this the first appearance of, of Charmy? I, I don't think, think so. it. I think it is. You I think can't it remember is. it earlier. It did a, seem very... Introductory. In, introductory. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome because just like um, I'm trying to remember who it was that I listened to I've mentioned this already listening to a podcast I think it might have been Bill Oakley who was talking about oh, the why inventor he loves... of the sunglasses yes exactly all sunglasses not just Oakley that's the weird thing that is but, the weird thing yeah he was talking about how right Chalmers man. is the ultimate straight man in yes. the show and I think that really comes through in this he's yes. just a uh, a little tired of all the ridiculousness while also engaging in it to some extent. And yes. it's great. I love it. I love him. It is good. I love that uh, a buxom Scottish redhead appears and seduces Willie for some reason early in this episode. Yeah, that's... that's uh, <coughs> they should do more of that. Yeah. Your exact type, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, I'm not going to fear. You, you're right. Yeah. Am I going to talk about that? No, I'm not going to no don't go podcast. down that road. I'm no, not going to go down that road. <laughs> Which is nothing that bad, just in case I leave this in. It's just yeah. not something you'd want to talk about. It's not, like, it's not pod worthy. But um, uh, Did you notice that Willie's tractor, who is in many ways the eighth main character in this episode of The Simpsons, did you notice the brand name on that was tractor? Was Willie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, is he brand name or did he have a custom paint job well i tend to think is willie spelling his name with an ie typically or is he spelling it with a y well when he writes the sign do not touch willie good advice yeah that's with a y ah interesting okay but that might be only to make the joke work mm, for, for the i think it's with a y smudge. huh i might be wrong actually I'm gonna double. I'm gonna very quickly check that okay you verify otherwise, verify otherwise, these willie facts otherwise <laughs> Scope that willy. <laughs> Otherwise, I will be uh, told I'm incorrect by the internet. The worst place to be wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, if anyone listens to this episode and wants to uh, correct us on anything. Uh, so, whacking day in this episode, which is, of course, the day when everyone gets sticks and hits <gasps> snakes. Fuck. What? I.E. Yeah, as I thought. Yeah, okay. So, he so does I think it's a Willy branded tractor owned by Willy, but I think they're different. I'm not sure if it has to be branded. I think it could just be a custom paint job. But the name is different. Oh, was it? Sorry, was it Willy? Oh, yeah. sorry. Spelled with a Y sorry, on the sorry, tractor. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. I was, That's I was, what I was getting at. That was, was my fucking, whole original thing. I was fucking everything up. I thought the unusual part was that the tractor was an I.E. No, the so tractor's by, a Y. I completely flipped it around. Well, why not? <laughs> um, Good. Thank you. Uh, existential tractor crisis. Yes. It's also like the tractor gets like a personality and, you know, he's mm. like a bit of a character, but imagines him talking mm. and, you know, really openly says he wants to fuck the tractor. Yes. Uh, 
And then the tractor's laughing apart when he gets expelled, and the little cap falls off of his nozzle. It seems like Willie wants a same-sex relationship with the tractor, which is actually quite progressive considering this yeah. this year. He's at least bisexual because he at least yeah he oh, goes that's, off that's to true, show the show the pull to the uh, Scottish lads. But I am I am also making is that a euphemism? I am also making an assumption there based on the depth uh, the the. The, the character, the fuck. The cadence uh, of the the, the. the quality of the voice. The timber of the voice. Yes. The thing is, when the, the little, when the cap falls off the tractor, yes. we've gotten to know this tractor now, and it seems like few people recognize this tractor as sentient. But this is like a debilitating injury for the tractor. Well, it would be Surely. like. It, it would be like if you laughed so hard that your mandible fell off. Yeah. Be yeah. like if you had, like, lockjaw. But you couldn't go to a doctor to do anything about it. Mm. Mm. Locked jaw. Yeah. Jaw just hanging open. Hanging open. Just swinging in the breeze. That'd be weird. Why is it swinging? <laughs> I don't know. Is it not locked in place? Things that are <laughs> locked in place tend not to swing. Eh, you know. Homocles cares not for beans. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the interaction with Skinner and Chalmers. Where, um, you know, uh, he overhears Ralph saying, what's a battle? Oh, no, he didn't say battle. He said rattle. Yes. I was going to ask you, Nick, what is a battle? Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see if, how tedious I can be with my response. Um, a battle is like a fight on a scale where there are at least 50 people on either side. I think you need at least 50 people on on. I, on opposing sides for it to be okay. a battle. I think if it was 30 people on either side, yep. not counting as a battle. You're looking for a Foley prop. I, I think you misheard me, Nick. I asked what that rattle was. I hate being pushed into the position of the straight man. It just irks me on such a deep spiritual level. I hate it so much. Thank you, James. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, anyway. I'm watching you. You're like crawling in on yourself like a dying bug. <laughs> I really upset you. <laughs> I misunderstood. Well, I misheard you because I have a cold. Oh, okay. So you would hear battles as rattles or rattles as battles. I would hear bees as ours, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, yes, I really enjoyed the... No, sorry. To take it back to what I was going to say, I really enjoy the miss logic of the um that i have a cold to explain yeah it's so silly skinner saying that he has a cold to explain why he misheard a letter which is why Chalmers understood what ralph had said perfect see my my reading of that joke was always i don't know if this is right it seems like your logic holds up better but i always in my head make the assumption that skinner is saying that to say that ralph is purposefully saying the wrong word knowing that skinner will mishear it Oh. Like to correct for it, which makes less sense, but it's always oh. how I've liked to read that joke. That is a very interesting interpretation. Yeah, because um, that would make more sense for why. Yeah, it, like him it covering would. up Ralph saying the wrong thing. It would. It makes less sense logistically, maybe more sense as a joke. Yeah. It but does. I think either way, it's a wonderful moment. It's a, it's a lovely moment. Oh, fuck, I haven't been crossing any of these notes off. Oh, no. Couch gag, mountain bikes, school cuts, Skinner has a cold. Can we talk about uh, Whacking Day itself, the day on which the snakes are whacked? Sure. Which is such a bonkers concept for an episode. Oh, it's tremendous. I don't know where this came from. Probably there's tons of information out there, but, you know, people I have, have Wikipedia. Feel- I, I, I have a feeling that it's just a general nod to the tribalism of all these 
patriotic days. One of my main thoughts is that I bet Trump would be super into this if it was real. Can you imagine? Oh, I'd be mad. In the year 2018, if this was a real thing, how there'd be like a very... You know, there'd be a huge backlash against it, but then you'd have like you know these this idiot in the White House, if you'll excuse me for getting political for a moment, or mm. you know, sort of uh, talking about the importance of upholding tradition and mm. uh, how important it is that we keep crushing these snake skulls because isn't that what America was founded on? And mm. you know, we can't have women being ghostbusters because you know, being a ghostbuster is typically being an occupation for a man. It's a very masculine movie. You know, there's an actual argument people made. Fuck everything and everyone. Oh. <laughs> One of the last movies I saw in a cinema, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah good movie. Yeah, bought a ticket as a protest. Yes. Well, and because you wanted to see the movie, kind of. I wanted to see the movie as a protest to all of the dickheads that were protesting it. Yeah, yeah. good movie. Yeah. Solid movie. Yeah, it's fine. Solid flick. Sure. Uh... Now there's a there's a little scene in here. Where I they... really sorry. I really enjoy. I've just remembered how much I enjoy the scene where Kate Kate McKinnon Kate McKinnon when her character's just being sassy to one of the city officials, and he's like, "Do you have any idea how many laws you broke?" And she's like, zero. It's like, no, it was heaps. She's like, it was zero, wasn't it, or something like that. Mm. I I really enjoy that scene. It was good. Busted makes her feel good. That's a song in the original film. You know that film was was based on another film that came out in the eighties. Oh, oh, Caddyshack. Yes, that's yeah. why they kept chasing that funny little gopher all over the yeah, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hot uh, take: Caddyshack, not a very good movie. Anyway, on to the next point. Uh, never seen it. There's some there's some footage early on, like black and white footage of earlier whacking days. Sure. A lot of good gags in here, but there's one where there's a very old woman walking up on a cane. Sure. And then she takes her cane and starts smacking a snake. And I was watching this thinking, I'm not sure, but I think this might be a reference to the movie Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa. Oh, really? Yeah. This might be a bit of a stretch uh, because in like Seven Samurai, I think is the greatest film ever made. I'm a... Enormous. It's the film that made me realize I love film. But uh, sure, have I mentioned that I love film? By the way, yes, you have. Okay, Scott Ackerman, if you're listening, I'd love to be on your podcast. You're currently uh, wearing a, you're currently wearing a t-shirt that just says I love film. Yes, <laughs> I look down to check what shirt I am wearing. I might, I'm actually wearing a shirt that says Bootios. Bootios. <laughs> I might get you a t-shirt for Christmas that just said I love film. <laughs> I would wear that shirt every day. I know you would. I would never wash it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a nightmare for all involved. But anyway, there's a scene in Seven Samurai where they capture one of the bandits and this very old lady you know they're debating what to do very old lady walks up and it's like you know the bandit killed her child I think so I believe they let the old lady kill the bandit I see so you know this old woman you know limping up and this gets referenced a lot I think it's a Seven Samurai thing Akira Kurosawa you've been dead for a while but if you ever come back uh you know now of the uh, of the seven samurai, yeah, which one has the best arc? Sleepy, grumpy, angry, Doc. Uh, I would say Gr- Kikuchiyo. <laughs> yeah, grumpy and angry. Turns out, not only can I not remember the seven dwarfs, I can't think of seven emotions. Well, let's see. There was grumpy, so I, actually, angry. I, I only need six emotions because one of them's called Doc. <laughs> Fuck. Grumpy, angry, shitty, surly. Um, surly. Yep. Ugly. Surly only looks out for Surly. Surly, yes. And uh, Drowsy. And Dan and Wait, there actually was a Drowsy. From Adelol. Um, was there? Was there a Drowsy? 
I think no, so. No, it was Sleepy. In sleepy, the, in, sure. Yeah, Sleepy. Drowsy would have been better name Tra- for a, a Tra- dwarf. Trousers, did you say? <laughs> yeah. Trousers. Yeah. Trousers. Oh, this is Trousers the Dwarf. <laughs> All right, I'm Trousers, I am. Hello. Oh. Um, Why are you named after a broader motion? Because I've got a whole personality. What are you talking about? I've got about? a whole pants personality. I've got, I'm not one-dimensional like those other fuckwits. Um, I did not realise that the chicken in this, uh, in Bart's hallucination dream. Yes. Uh, I didn't realise that's where I get the phrase, he's insulting both of us. Oh, yes. I use that quite a bit. Yeah, it's uh, a good little thing. It's a good little thing. There's a few nice little dream sequences in this one. There's one where Bart imagines becoming a monster after drinking a uh, a untested can of soda pop. Yes, because he, he dreams about getting... Uh, after being expelled, he dreams about the other jobs he can do, and one of them is testing dangerous food additives. Yes. Which gives the excellent line, pleasing taste, some monsterism. Yes, but good. then Marge says, uh, I'm Marge, I'm your mother, you, you got to keep going to school, boy, so... They send him to that heavily Christian school. Yes. And a scene that I think fucks particularly hard. It is good. The scene where he sings Beans, Beans, the Magical Fruit and... Uh, Musical. Yes. There's a line in there that I'd forgotten where he's saying, he says he wants to sing that song. And the teacher thinks for a moment and says, well, Beans were a staple of the Israelites. So yes. <laughs> that is so hilarious. <laughs> I mean... What a fucking... This episode is so sharp. It is good. Because it's one of those like... Uh, Justifying the unjustifiable yeah. is uh, a wonderful early Simpsons trait. Yeah, just have to come up with a reason why beans are related mm. to religion in some way. What a good, good fucking episode! And then Marge decides to become his teacher, which is a lovely little thing. Just before we get into that stuff, yes. Um, so Lisa freaks out when she sees the news report that Whacking Day is coming around. Yeah. Does Lisa just forget that Whacking Day occurs every year? Because she seems very, very taken aback by the fact that this day is occurring. It's like me with my birthday. I forget every year. Forget every year. Like a week before, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. I'm old now. I forget how old I am every year. I have to do the maths every time. That's true. You have been giving the wrong age for a while now. Yeah. Pointedly. I've been saying it on this podcast, (laughs) too. 44. (laughs) Just keep adding and adding and adding. (laughs) 102. Um, yes, so um, Bart becomes homeschooled by Marge. Yes. Um, now, my first note here is that uh, Marge gives him a book and says, read this, it's about a kid that goes off to war and gets deformed, and Bart says, oh my God, this book should be called Johnny Deformed. Yes. My thing to say about this is, I did a Google search for bands to see if there was a band called Johnny Deformed, there's not, and I'm actually really sad that that's the case. Huh. This should be a punk band called Johnny Deformed. Yeah. They should call this band Johnny Deformed. I saw a copy of Johnny Tremaine in a bookstore the other day. Did you buy it? I considered it, and I thought, I shouldn't buy a book just because there's a good Simpsons joke about it, mm. right? I reckon you could. A book that they show a 10-year-old reading and enjoying. I don't know. I'm a man of some age. It feels like a... Uh, mm. I don't know. How much would I get out of it? I don't know much about Johnny Tremaine. I just know that his hand got deformed in the war. Should we, um... What the hell happened to my hand? What the hell happened to my hand? As well as 22 long flims about or otherwise tangentially related to The Simpsons. <laughs> Three or four books also about The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Should, should we also do some books that have been referenced? Should we also do a book club? And we can get our listeners to read it too. That seems like so much work, but so why not? Work. Yeah, let's, let's... Okay, let's do it. Well, the thing is, without, you know, without... Putting too fine a point on it, or you know, not like overselling a thing that we're planning on doing. I have bought a book a while ago 
that we were planning on doing some stuff oh, with. Oh, yeah, we were going to do that, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, and that was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. I just think about it sometimes, like, oh, yeah, still need to do that. Yeah. Maybe next season. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I, I think we can... Do- and by next season, I, of course, mean summer. I think we should... Um, uh, yeah, I think we should start a book club. I think Johnny Tremaine should be the first one. Okay. Because if it's for a 10-year-old, it can't be that long, surely. Uh, yeah, maybe. And then we, we can read, like, uh, does War and Peace come up in The Simpsons? No, I have a copy of War and Peace. It's far too long. Yeah, well, I, got, I got ten pages in and went. I'm, I've had enough of this. <laughs> well, do you know those podcasts are like a minute of a movie? Like each episode is a minute. We'll do mm. War and Peace, but each episode will be one page of War and Peace. Oh god, <laughs> it's gonna be such a nightmare once you get up to page sixty nine and we just record the most insufferable fucking episode <laughs> of anything ever recorded. Whenever I think we of, get arrested for it. Whenever I think of War and Peace, I think of a very specific Ross Noble joke that doesn't actually relate to War and Peace. Is it about a man named War and Peace? No. Oh, that's good though. No, he was on a uh, British radio panel show where the final game of the of the the show mm. is you have to take. So they give you a topic and you need to come up with book parodies for that topic. Sure. The topic was Handyman. And he came up with uh, Spanner Karenina. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I think War uh, and Peace, because I think they're both by Tolstoy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. So Span- I mean, I've got a degree in literature, but I don't know shit. Spanner Karenina makes me laugh. Spanner Coppita. Uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> um, okay, cross out my Johnny Deformed. Wow, you're out of notes just about... Yep. Now, in the homeschooling segment, we get Grandpa coming in to give a little talk about how in the... The hell happened to my talk? Yeah. How he was he crashed in Dusseldorf during the war and had to pose as a cabaret singer. <sighs> More Hitler. We get Hitler. I've been leaving. Dust is not on a booby. Yep. And here's the thing. We learned that Grandpa wore a dress for a period in the 40s. They had such designers back then. Yeah. We saw a few episodes ago him having a dream about being the queen of the Old West. Mm. Is the Simpsons... Quietly coding Grandpa as queer in this season, and then almost never again. That's a little bit next season. We get him like, um, you know, like turning into a woman when he can't take his pills, and mm. you know, there's a few things here and there. But uh, it it it's interesting because yeah. it's one of those things where looking at it now with 2018 eyes, I say, oh, interesting, some quiet coding going on there. But you know, a little bit of a nod and a wink. Looking through it with 1994 eyes, real risk that the joke is, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> oh, a man in a dress. <laughs> but, you know, you watch something like this and it, it starts to, like, I start to think, wouldn't it have been, like, really cool if they had actually followed up on this in some sort of realistic way? Mm. Like, if they had just made it so Grandpa was just, like, a guy who was into wearing dresses and that mm. became part of his character. Mm. And you know, you know, there still would have been ways of making that funny without, you know, making the joke without, that there's a man yeah. in a dress. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Um, uh, 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 what's that show? Transparent. Yeah. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, which yeah. you know, a lot of problems with that show, but still, well, still, I feel yeah. like there's, uh, yeah. There, yeah. There, there, are, there are ways to find comedy in that area without being a shithead. Yes. 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 I'm not saying yes again. Okay. Uh, okay good yeah that was just the thing that I was kind of thinking I feel like you know there's 
I feel like a lot of the coding is probably unintentional. Like I've, I've talked before about how people have argued that Bud is coded as queer throughout yeah. a lot of The Simpsons. And I don't think they're consciously doing that because I just don't think that's on their radar as a thing worth doing. Like yeah. it took until like season 24 for Smithers to be, I'm just pulling a season out of my ass. So I just know it was late before they made Smithers openly gay. So, mm. you know, it's a long, mm. long involved process. I feel like, especially in season four though, a lot of Bart's, uh, fantasy dreams involve him dressing up as a woman to save the day. Yeah, we get one next um, episode that is wonderful. We do get one next episode that's yeah. wonderful. The uh, Marge being really turned on by Homer's whacking day stuff is... Yeah. I really like that. I think it's a clever little character oh, move. I think it's it? just like... It's such a weird, like, inappropriate character beat that I think it works. Sure, okay. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know... I would pin Marge's character trait as typically one who abhors violence. Mm. But the violence of Whacking Day seems to have become so... Normalised. So normalised and so heavily codified as part of the identity of the city that um, Marge doesn't associate it as being a horribly violent act. And I think she's kind of turned on by Homer's passion and competency when it comes to. Oh yeah, I mean this is. I mean the 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 ninja stuff in the backyard is maybe the most skillful thing Homer's done. Although it's just occurred to me, just and please correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but I'm just thinking about what actually happens in the episode. Homer's little story doesn't really have a conclusion. We never see him once the snake whacking begins, do we? No, we don't. Because there's this whole thing about, you know, he's really into whacking day. Lisa's very opposed to whacking day. Surely part of the logical progression of his storyline would be eventually realizing, oh yeah, Lisa's right. Shouldn't just go around hitting snakes with a... We absolutely do not see Homer in the climax of this episode. Yeah. Where did he go? I want to know. Yeah, that is strange. Where do you go? What? I'm singing a little, little ditty. What, what, what song? No, I don't know what it's called. It's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a... I forget the context for this, but they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to find a town idiot for some recreate... Ah, when they go... When Bart goes on that field trip. Yeah. They're advertising for a town idiot. And we see a bunch of you know people mm-hmm. uh, applying for this position... And the guy says, oh, you know, I played Bumbling Idiot or whatever in the Poseidon Adventures. And mm. they say, we're sorry, we're looking for more of a duh, duh idiot. Yes. I feel like this is my experience in life at all times, you know. I'm never the right kind of idiot that these people are looking for for the jobs that I'm applying for. I don't know, man. When I put the ad out for a podcast co-host, <laughs> you're exactly the kind of idiot that I was looking for, baby. Yeah, I called you up and it said, duh. And I went, here's my fucking guy. <laughs> I like the Simpsons. (laughs) And I want to do a project that's nominally about them. Uh, All 44 of their main characters. (laughs) The last note that you have, am I right in assuming that has something to do with $10 per Axel? Oh my god. (laughs) The Axel guy, Hooray, has been one of my favourite guys for such a long time. Uh, Homer's charging parking for... Oh, that's why we don't see Homer. No, that's fucking... What what a logic loop. Homer, the man who is most excited about Whacking Day, is not present for Whacking Day because he's charging Whacking Day car parking in his house, the house that we then see all the snakes getting let into when there are no cars in the front or backyard. Yeah, what the fuck? 
I've only just clicked on that. Just untangled the... God, I must have seen this episode like 150 fucking times. I've, and I've never, never bothered to untangle. I've never this, bothered to consider this that. This knot that they've tied. Because that is all on the same day, isn't it? Like, he's yeah. doing official whacking day parking. Yeah. And they're all parking at a house that is nowhere near the starting point. Nowhere near the centre of town. And then all the cars fuck off. Like, huh. Wow. Man, I hope that... Weird how this episode is so funny, you just never think about any of this. I... Like, I didn't even think about it while we were watching it. Yeah. And sitting down now, mm. when I started to talk about the axe, I was like, hang on a moment. I really Hooray! hope... Hooray! Uh, I really hope that um, there are some listeners who just had the same mind-blowing realisation <laughs> that we did. It will be very, very awful if everyone replies with, oh, you bunch of da-da idiots, of course. God, there's going to be some some poor listener like, on a bus who just starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I think we've got a couple Tears of... Tears streaming from their eyes as their brain breaks. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually... Um, I was yeah, going to so talk more about how much I love Axel Guy, but I'm not sure I'm prepared to do it. Axel Rose, yeah. So, uh, God, uh, so the so Homer is charging ten dollars per Axel. A bunch of cars pull up. Then Whacking Day starts. Homer is never seen again. Although, is this an egg flip universe thing? Are we seeing two different maybe we're overlapping oh, versions of reality here? We're seeing two different iterations of Seven Four Two Evergreen Terrace. Yeah, one in which there is a lot of cars, and one in which there is a lot of snakes. Yeah, interesting. What a Fucking bizarre. But anyway, so not only is um, Axel Guy my favourite because of his relentless optimism, but it's now become a thing that I sometimes do, and I've got a couple of my friends to do it. Hello, Shane and Tammy, if you're listening. You're not, but that's fine. Um, um, this is another thing that I used to do with my pal Matt back in the day. Oh, really? This is another Matt moment. A big arms up. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. See, I think I like to put more of a... More of an accent on the R than you. I'm putting a bit of a, like a, a, a clipped R, so it almost comes across as like a, an L or a D. But hey, because mm. um, I try to, I try to do it like the, like the little Axel Man. Yeah, Axel Man, the greatest hero of them all. <laughs> was that Action Man? It was. Huh. Yeah. What a, what a dull name for, <laughs> for a little Action hero, man. little hero man. <laughs> uh, we get Barry White in this episode who can't get enough. Of your love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. And, um, I mean, as as we were ending this episode, I came up with a parody that I'm very pleased with. Yeah. My darling, nah, can't get enough of whacking day. <laughs> the irony being, he can get enough. And actually, he yeah. wants less. Yeah. He won't stop till he's got enough, which is immediately. What's up, get enough? Come on, right now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is another lot, you know. This is another in a string of season four moments where a celebrity arrives in town and is immediately disrespected and misunderstood. Yes, good. Which I yep. enjoy. Uh, Were they even Larry listening? White. Were yeah. they even listening to me? I uh, don't think so. I'm a uh, Quimby. Quimby. The snakes in this are really cartoony. They're so colourful. Yeah, it's. I feel like this is weird. Like these snakes are not snakes in any recognisable way, other than being slithery creatures. Yeah, and also. Judging by how many snakes, like, th- there are three snakes in every fucking bush, no matter how big or small. Yeah. 
Surely Springfield doesn't always have that snake infestation. I mean, frankly, if there's this many snakes, maybe they actually do need to cover snake numbers. Yeah. It seems like too many. It, it's an alarmingly high number of snakes. An entire wave of snakes wipes out Mr. Largo. Oh, man, that's a fun scene. Uh, maybe that's what happened to Homer and all the cars. <laughs> they were pushed off into the <laughs> nether region. Uh, not the nether region, that's uh, not the right Another phrase. dimension, I D- get it. Don't put your hand down there when I say nether region. Um, <laughs> and they were pushed off into another dimension on a wave it's of It's going to be a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't put your hand down there. Who are you, George Harrison? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yes. Back to the, back to the Paul McCartney circle. There's two recordings in a row where I've referenced the Beatles masturbating and it's taken you a few seconds to work out what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but when we talk about when you make a be- reference to the Beatles, it's only very recently that a circle jerk has to be part of the Venn diagram of what I consider to be Beatles. <sighs> God, really well, brings a whole new light to the meaning of the lyrics "Come Together Right Now" over me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. This is a uh, you know the more I think about this episode, the fucking weirder it is. This episode is so hysterically funny that I th- feel like. The central bizarreness of it has sort of passed me by a little bit. But now that sure. we're sitting here and talking about it, everything we say, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a bit weird. It is. It's a weird one. Weird one. They they lure all the snakes into their house with a method that would not work. Because nope. Bart has been reading The Truth About Whacking Day by Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward. Who just like, l- this week, last week, released a book about the Trump administration. Oh, did he? Yeah. The Truth About Trumping Day. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's just there's such an industry now for just like inside looks at the Trump administration that people buy because they think like by reading this book they'll gain the knowledge that will help them take down the administration, only to realize that it's like a fool's pursuit and like we're just going to have to deal with this fucking garbage. Well, see, I've been, I've been. Not uh, that people shouldn't protest. You know, protesting is a. Yeah, I've been reading this book, and and this tells me. Open it to the right page. This tells me that what we need to do is go to the lawns of the White House. Yeah. We need to uh, resurrect and reanimate Barry White because he's been dead for some time. Then mm. we need to put the speakers down on the ground. Yeah. And if we start playing some sweet, sweet, funky disco music with a lot of bass, yeah. Trump will slither his way out of the White House. Oh, that's interesting because I've also been reading a book here and... Um you know, according to my book, and this is this is really interesting, I thought, but according to my book, uh, Trump is both a cunt and a dead shed. <laughs> Second use of that word in this podcast. Yep. Possibly I, the they're both against him. Yeah, I think I use that word exclusively to refer to Trump these days. That and, works. I mean, there's some other people I would happily, you know, use in relation to, but Trump is really deserving of a. Uh, Literally anything bad you could say about him. What a worthless jackass of a man. I agree. Yeah. Uh, anything else about working Day? Uh, they left those kids trapped in that room for a very long time. Very long time. Yeah. The uh, the bullies. And mm. then they give them some bikes mm. and they ride them away. Ride them away. And everyone is happy. Uh, incredible episode. Very, Wonderful. This episode actually caught me off guard with how much I enjoyed it. There was a weird thing at the end, actually, that I mentioned to you, where at the end they're talking about how great snakes are. And the only two examples they give are that Barry White oh, yeah. thinks they're sexy. and that I love the sexy slither of a lady snake. I love to fuck snakes. And oh, then the... Um, Barry... 
He didn't come here to fuck snakes, nor spiders. <laughs> but uh, Mrs. Glitch, is it? Or Glick? They, they ask her who got rid of those rats in your basement. And she says, snake did. Mm. And is that meant to be... Snake the, uh, is that meant the to be jailbird, sn- yeah. or is that is that meant to be snake jailbird? Yeah. Or is she just weirdly saying that a, that a a single snake came and killed all the rats? Yeah. It's like curious. it's 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 weird because if it is snake jailbird, yeah. For a start, what's he doing going around? Is he a door to door rat killer? Like that's weird. But if he is in fact a door to door rat killer, that shouldn't increase her love of or tolerance towards the animal snakes. We live in Australia, which is a fairly snake-heavy country. Have Very you had, snake-heavy country. Have you had many snake encounters in your life? Um, I have walked past a tiny little snake in a gutter. Yeah. I have seen a quite large snake slither across the road, but a fair way in front of me when mm. I was walking one day. Yeah. Um, and uh, at a, when I was in primary school, we did the classic, like, go to a zoo... And it's touch like, the snake. Touch the snake. And, you know, it's like, you know, one of the big, long, but mostly harmless ones. Yeah. And they drape it across the teacher. And, yeah. And the teacher shits themselves in fear. And everyone yeah. everyone laughs. My lo- I used to have a local library that had a python that was pretty cool. But in the wild, like, I, I feel like I used to see a lot of brown snakes in my youth. And now I haven't seen one in a very long time. And they're the worst fucking snakes. Yeah, I mean, if you want to say, uh, well... They're one of the... I think the worst is the red-bellied black snake, isn't it? Maybe. I think that's the most poisonous one. Well, maybe it is the brown snake. I don't really know. I um, remember once I was at my, my grandparents' place. How many, how many ladders do you see in the wild? <laughs> ladders? Oh, yeah. Snakes and ladders. <laughs> I see a lot of shoots, very few ladders. <laughs> oh, damn you again with your Americanization. Although it is actually Australian shoots podcast. and ladders, isn't it? It's, uh, anyway, but um, I remember I was at my grandmother's place once when yeah, I was like six or seven. Oh, and she was like, oh, I just saw a big lizard down the side of the house. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go look at this lizard. I look down. I just see a very, what I assume is a very long tail. And I'm mm. looking. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. This doesn't look like a lizard to me. This is, I think this might be a snake. She's like, no, no, no. It's a lizard. It's definitely a lizard. Uh-huh. Then she went back out and looked. And like, oh, no, that is a huge snake. Fuck. Had to call the snake catcher. And then she had a sticker inside one of the cabinets in her house that said, don't tango with Fangoy. And whenever I think about snakes, I think about the phrase, don't tango with Fangoy. Fucking what? Is, hang on. What, is, is Fango the name of the snakeman? Or is it a type of snake? Well, Fango is like a euphemistic name for the snake, I suppose, because he's got fangs. Don't tango with Fangoy. So, so the, the snake catcher came around and said, well, it's all right. I've, I've saved you and your family from what could have been a very dangerous situation. Might I interest you in this amusing sticker so you can remember me? This is great because this never struck me as an odd thing until I mentioned it right now. Now I'm like, and you're right, that is a weird sticker. And then not only that, not only does the Snake Man have non-business branded stickers that just have a fun slogan, but your grandmother, who I'm sure is a lovely person, when you know what the right spot for this is? Inside of a cupboard. (laughs) Like there are several things. I, I think it had the phone number of the snake catcher. On it. Okay, that makes it a bit more sensible. But there's several things about that that I find <laughs> fascinating and strange. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, you know, he was out of his "Don't fuck with snakes" stickers, so we had to go with "Don't tango with fango." Don't tango with fango, especially because if I was going to refer to a snake by that nickname because of its fangs, mm. I wouldn't pronounce the G. It'd be fango. 
<laughs> and then it's don't tango. Don't tango with fango. Don't tango with fango. That's weird. <laughs> uh, season four, episode twenty-one. Marge in chains. Marge in charge. Marge in charge of our days and our nights. Um, uh, then we sure. harmonised on that because I do not know that song particularly well. I only know it through references on other podcasts, which is, I mean, that's how I know everything these days. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe they invented that nice little opening sting. I do enjoy the the TV related opening stings in this, yeah. in in this popular animated sitcom, The Simpsons. My broad feeling about this episode, rewatching it, is uh, there's a term they use on the on the podcast "blank check" quite often, which is a movie podcast I'm very fond of. Sure. Quite often they will say setup in a movie is very sweaty. Oh. And I think this entire episode is very sweaty. It feels like a. This episode is straining itself very hard, I think, to reach some of the some of the scenes it reaches. Sure, I, okay, I, interesting. Watching interesting. this, there was just a lot of moments where I was thinking, "Huh, this one's a little off in ways that I didn't mm. expect." I actually don't remember watching this episode, and we watched it less than an hour ago. <laughs> um, You've got a whole page of notes. I know, which I is do, strange for you. Almost a whole page, and I've got a I've got a discovery, ooh, which and, I'm ooh, saving for the oh, very good, end. Good, good, good. Um, so, uh, it whisper quiet. I'd like to talk about the... The thing I like to say all the time. The chalkboard gag. Oh, the chalkboard Where gag. Yeah, Bart writes, oh, I do that... not have diplomatic immunity. Sure. So, uh, do you think Bart has just been involved in some sort of like Lethal Weapon 2 style scenario where... The... Has he been claiming diplomatic immunity? Possibly. While he's been committing crimes across I mean, the state? D- what... Have you seen Lethal Weapon 2? No. Okay. What, what was... But, uh, yeah, yeah. Diplomatic immunity. I know that much. But what was... What ambassador was Bart pretending to be? The one from Lethal Weapon 2, I assume. But all ambassadors have diplomatic immunity. Not just the ones in Lethal Weapon 2. But I want to talk about Lethal Weapon 2 oh, for fuck. a moment. Written by Shane Black, who uh, just made The Predator, which was fucking terrible. I hated it. But, um... Now, towards the end of that film, the, the bad guy has just done us all a favor and shot Mel Gibson. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and Danny good. Glover comes out and he sees the guy. And the guy says, diplomatic immunity. Because the whole reason they haven't been able to get this guy for the whole movie is that he has diplomatic immunity. Sure. And Danny Glover's like, fuck this, and just shoots him in the head. And then he says, it's just been revoked. And that's fucking great. Mm, good. But, you know, it hadn't been revoked. And then Lethal Weapon 3 comes around and, like, everything's fine. There's no repercussions at all to shooting this guy with diplomatic immunity. That What's is, going on? That is an interesting... Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I, the answer is I don't really know, James. Because... I've, Lethal Weapon 2 is a fun movie. Because I've not seen the fucking movie. Mel Gibson, if you're out there, uh, fuck you. We've already oh. told you to get fucked. to saying it again. Yeah, we know. We've already you're going to come up a little later in this podcast, so... We've already lashed out at Gibson. Yeah. Um, well, he deserves it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, so uh, the I, I can't believe they invented it. I I reckon that show probably exists now. Yeah, I there's agree. probably a YouTube channel out there somewhere. I have an odd feeling about the Juice Listener. Me too. I understand that the joke behind it is that it's meant to be incredibly inefficient. Yeah. I think it needs more juice to come out than one drop. Absolutely. One it drop is, a, is not funny. It is a little too shit. It's too shit. He puts yeah. in a whole bag of oranges. You know how you know people who. Like, if somebody's very young or they're just not that experienced with making a joke, they'll make a joke like this, and the numbers won't be right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. There's a Looney Tunes bit that I think I've referenced on this podcast oh. before about how the um, 
the funniest weight for an anvil to hit someone is 16 tons. Yes. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. <laughs> Just the, uh, the importance of like, if it's squeezed out, like if it's squeezed out, maybe like a 10th of a cup, that would be funny. Yes. But one, one drop is, no, is one drop not is not funny. enough. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm glad that we both came down on the same side of that incredibly niche fence. <laughs> Um, I'd like to know what the listeners think as well. I'd actually yeah. like to know if it, people are on our side that one drop is too few drops to be funny. Because the idea should be that you watch the juice start to come out and it seems to be operating fine and then it conks out very quickly. Very quickly there are. And they have to act like they're impressed by how much came out. Yes. One droplet is a clear malfunction. <laughs> and especially one droplet after, like it doesn't cut, start coming out straight away. Mm. It's one droplet after... Three seconds of of mechanical whirring. Yeah, no. It and should... we we have to be sold on the fact that the entire town sees this ad and wants to buy this juicer. Mm. And it's not. We can't buy into the idea that Troy McClure is that good a salesman. You know, yeah, there, I agree. there needs to be more. Something that I do very much enjoy, though, is when it, it when you see Troy squeezing the orange against his eye. Yes, and he said, "This is the only way." And then you go, "Ah, oh, that's a funny little thing." And then it cuts to Homer doing that exact motion, saying, yeah. "What? There's another way." That is good. I do enjoy the way that they make that joke a reality. That is yeah. good. That is very. The way good. they just make it like this is just how people do it. Mm. This is how we do it. Yes, good. Yes, good stuff. But sweaty, very enjoyable. So. so this, this note is what I like to call a two-parter. Yeah. Very enjoyable visualization of the flu virus right up until the point where it starts to become visible in the world of The Simpsons. And then I'm not sure I like it anymore. Like, yeah. people open the box, see the flu virus and go, ah! Yeah, that's weird. I don't like that. My thinking is that if we could actually visualize germs this way, if they materialize as clouds of spores, life would be easier. That's a good point. We can just, just avoid. Avoid the cloud of sports. Avoid the noid. Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Mm. Would I want to visualize germs? Would I want to have permanent blacklight vision? Um, yeah. I don't think I would. It is, it's strange and it's difficult to come to terms with. Difficult to come to terms with. Yeah. There's some silliness in this one. There is. Now, the mayor says that there's a state of emergency or something. And this is another thing I wasn't a fan of when he's... Uh, I like the whole thing where he's on holiday and he's just got the backdrop, but you've got, like, the mayor's, like, a... I don't know, like the, the coat of arms thing with the, the logo and yep. the, the Latin text. And the Latin text says, Corruptus and Extremist. That's a bad joke. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit too on the nose, isn't yeah. it? Extreme corruption, like uh, yeah, there's a way to do that. That's not it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're a little down on this one. Mm. I think part of that's because Whacking Day is so fucks good. so hard, and then this one, this one's sweaty. Yeah. I do like the truck full of killer bees, though. Killer bees are always funny. But bees are good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the Oprah bees gif has been sorry. The Oprah bees gif has been a perennial gif, I think, and the. Uh, I feel like since Arrested Development, I found the word bees inherently funny for way, reasons that are not worth getting into. But other people out there will be like, oh, I understand. I, I agree. My name is Bob or something. My name is Bob or something. Yeah. 
Um, what's my, uh, my next note is OJ Morphine Lobo. I don't really think I have anything to say about that, other than I enjoy the, uh, the way that in season four we have quite a few instances of hallucinations being visualised mm. with repeated phrases. That I think is season, nice. Season four seems to be the season for the repeat phrase hallucination. I do and think they are. Um, OJ Morphine Lobo, a lovely combination of syllables. They come out Mudge being overworked and stressed out because everyone is sick too fast. Yeah, there's no build up to yeah, it. Yeah, we get like one scene of people asking her for things and then she's at the quickie mile, like strung out of her mind. Mm. I suppose the, the implication is that she's also sick and that's adding to her stress and the fact that she's strung out. But they need to show us that she's also I've sick. I never felt like she was sick. I thought she was the only one who was well, and that's why she's being left to do everything. Yeah, see, I took the interpretation based on the fact that her skin is a little paler than normal, which could be a sign of... Uh, which could be the way they've mm. drawn the stress. But I always thought it was, not only is she as sick as the rest of the family, but she's also the one that still has to look after the rest of the family. I mean, there should have been a line where she's like, mm, I'm Marge, and I'm sick as well, baby. Turn a bit Peppy Le Pew there. Pepper Le can go get fucked. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a r- r- rapey skunk. Yeah, a skunk. Yeah, yeah. I went to say cat, then I'm like, no, no, it's the cat, it's the cat it's that, the, he's, he's that he's chasing. Yeah, yeah, because she gets some paint on her. So, so you, you got the cat, you got the skunk. That's my voice. <laughs> There's a scene in here of Ned watching Married with Children. Yes, and look, there are two scenes in The Simpsons where they watch Married with Children, and I've seen. A lot of Married with Children, like more than I should have, frankly. I've seen a lot of episodes, but whenever I try to think of it, all I can think of are the two scenes in The Simpsons that basically boil it down to the one or two jokes that are in. Yes, I uh, The one in Deep Space Home in next season, which is just, Al, let's have sex. Uh, no peg. Perfect. And then That's a, the entire show. And then a toilet flushing. Yes. Um, yes, that is good. I, I think I watched Married with Children, but I couldn't remember it anything of it off the top of my head yeah so yeah you're right the simpsons is my go-to point yeah i wonder if i should re-watch married with children you I'm, would not like it I'm not gonna do you that. would have a very hard time with it is that because it's content or because it's particularly objectionable content no i think um look i can't i can't remember it well enough to say whether sure. the content is objectionable i just know it's the same jokes over and over again mm. and you would find it tedious yes you I would get angry yes you i would, would uh hulk out hulk out yes tremendous uh hulk out <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one of these left? Yeah, uh, maybe. Should we ha- split it in half? Ah, oh, yeah, sure. Should we do right. Biscuit Corner or mid- Biscuit Index or whatever? Mid-con- mid-podcast Biscuit Index. So, you may remember a few weeks ago we talked about biscuits. Uh, didn't get any feedback from people who didn't like us eating on the podcast. So, yeah. we're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, last time I had the Iced Vovo and the Kingston. Today, we've got something a little different. We've got the... Monte Carlo based cake. The mini cake. The mini cake. So there are these mini cakes. We've already had some. We're gonna. I'm gonna rip this in half as best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, you're whiffing it. Uh, that's no. You've pulled it off. I reckon I did a pretty good job. Yeah. Which half would you like, sir? Uh, I'm gonna go with this one. This one. Perfect. I feel like it's this one's being held together less by your fingers. <laughs> All right. So we're we doing like a review of this, or I guess so. Mm. Quite the, cakey. The first. Oh. I mean, the first mm, bite. The first bite's really good. It's every, like good every coconut texture. Every subsequent bite can absolutely fuck off. It's got the same feeling. I think you get in like a Twinkie. Yeah, I think it does. Mm. That kind of fake cream. But um, 
Uh, it's too sticky and moist for me. It's like something you would have at your grandparents' house over tea. Oh. Or maybe you'd have like dinner, and then they'd put out a bunch of cakes on the table, and this would be one of them. A bunch of shit cakes. Oh, that wasabi's in my pocket. A pocket full of wasabi? Mm. <laughs> Loose wasabi just fill in your pockets? Yep. Good. Very gloopy. Um, have you ever consumed Colonel Quickie Mart's Kentucky bourbon? Uh, I feel like I've drunk the real world equivalent. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. I've got some shit bourbon at home at the moment. Tennessee something or another. Uh, Tennessee Williams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Author of Class Menagerie and Streetcar Named Desire. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what would be a good like a glass. No, I got nothing. Oklahoma Stevens. <laughs> yes, Oklahoma Stevens indeed. Uh, yeah, so that's the weirdly store-branded whiskey that Marge accidentally steals. That puts Marge in jail because for some reason, mm. Apu and Sanjay... Mm. Sanjay? Yeah. Sanjay. Uh, for some reason, they care. Like I just, Deeply. I just don't get... In a world in which... In a world... In a world. Would you like me to make this whole point like that? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up on the mic to get the real close marking of that, which means you might need to talk up a bit for your responses. In a world where Apu Nasabimapadalon wears his um, injuries caused by armed holdups as a badge of honor. Not it- for me, I've been shot. I have. It simply doesn't make any sense that he would get so up in arms about one of his most loyal customers and longest friends accidentally. Oh, I'm I don't understand why Apu's so up in arms about this. Do do do. Accidentally stealing a single bottle of bourbon. I will nail her ass to the wall. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. No, it's ridiculous. Like, he literally celebrates the fact that he's been that he's mm. gone through and survived so many armed holdups. Not once do we see him taking action against any of those perpetrators. Yep. And yet Marge accidentally steals a bottle of thing which she would have instantly offered to pay for, except she got arrested and taken away. Now, if I can just very briefly address the elephant in the room, that it, next season we're going to have to address more specifically, I think. Uh, the whole Apu thing, because of course there's a bit of a thing around Apu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in this episode, this episode in particular has aged pretty poorly. <laughs> yeah, around. there's a lot of... Um... There's, a, there's a scene of like Apu and Sanjay dancing to Indian music that plays like... Isn't it funny how these people from a different culture oh, dance and sing? They're just screaming in gibberish, and it's it's not cool. Yeah, and it's, it's not cool. Yeah, it's, it's strange. And um, like I said, we're going to get into that in more detail next season because we kind of have to. And then you know, yeah, that's a, that's a thing that deserves like a lot of input and thought, and like you know the the so, sort of careful research discussion that we are known for. So we're going to have to get someone else to do that, and um, <laughs> oh god, I, but I, in this I, episode in particular, it has aged. Weirdly and poorly. I just don't get why they would care. I just don't get why they would care. No, there's a lot about this episode that, yeah. I would actually prefer, from a story point of view, mm. I would have preferred if um, Apu was sick and had to close the Quickie Mart for the first time ever. Mm. So Marge had to go to a different shop, accidentally stole the some bourbon from there, mm. and they come down on her like a ton of bricks because they don't know her. Yeah. And in a town where everyone is sick, 
it is very easy to close the Quickie Mart and have to make Marge go to a different shop. And even in the like weird elastic world of The Simpsons, where a lot of things are permissible... I'm I don't... an elastic girl in an, an elastic, elastic world. world. Stole some whiskey. He got Percy. <laughs> um, I just... Good. No, I, hang on. What, what about stole some whiskey, police frisked me? <laughs> stole some whiskey, police frisked me. Got giant blue hair. Uh... Fuck. God, that would have been good if I had a line to follow that up with, yeah, though. Yeah, that, that would have been tremendous. <laughs> imagine, imagine following things up. Um, law-talking guy. As someone who works as a lawyer, I've often described myself as, oh, well, that's why... I've often I'm described you as a law-talking law guy. guy. Thank yeah. you. It's yeah. good. Um, and guilty is spelled wrong. Now, this is my grammar note that I flagged I was going to make Go, more. go, go. Grammar note. In law corner. Law Some, corner. Something that I kind of quietly realized a while ago, and I've never verified this because I'm lazy, but I figure you might be able to help me. Because Judge mm. Schneider, yeah. which, by the way, it is astonishing that Lionel Hutz is not in jail. After so he's, repeatedly running over Schneider's son. Son. Like, after repeatedly running over anyone, you mm. should end up in jail. But anyway, he specifically says guilty is spelled wrong. Yes. Now, I think if most people were writing that, they would say spelt, S-P-E-L-T. I think it should be S-P-E-L-L-E-D because verbs tend to be E-D when in past tense. Yes. And I think spelt with a T is the adjective form. But I don't think anyone uses it as an adjective. Everyone uses it as the past tense verb. Yeah. That's just language being shit. And people not wanting to learn these very specific rules. Yeah, I guess so. But I believe you are right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I also think the same thing about... uh, uh, Oh, fuck, there's another one. Uh, uh, Dreamed, maybe? Everyone uses dreamt, but I think that's an adjective again. But I might be wrong on that one. Well, we are like the dreamer. Jesus. (laughs) I served that up to you on a fucking platter. We're like the dreamer. Then leaves Ah, uh, you look more upset by that than I can. I can't figure out why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's partly because earlier on you mentioned that we were, you were going to work into sneaky peeks, and I was I looked up at the that thing. was last episode we recorded. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Well, I've got one more note to finish on. I got. I got. Well, I know you're saving that. I, I know. Gotta, I'm I got s- like a full page here still. I'm gonna save mine until the end. There was a string of Papa. Nick must be working on something real good. He's saving his note to the end. Well, he just doesn't want you to have that blood, Jimmy. Say, <laughs> so, um, there's a string of you're very little nickhead. <laughs> there's a string of very specific movie references in here. Did you pick up on the? the... Oh. I mean, there's the crying game one, obviously, which is weird and terrible. But yeah. um, around that, <coughs> the podium that uh, that Quimp is on, I think that's a Citizen Kane reference. Oh, in in uh, uh, the podium and the enormous stadium. Yeah, it's been because like, what what yeah, stadium? It's been about 13 years since I saw that movie, and we're gonna rewatch it soon, probably. But I think because uh, my question is, what stadium is that in? <laughs> That is, um, I believe that's actually the Stadium Arcadium that um, Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded their album in. <laughs> hump de bump, this is a Chili Pepper song. You know, the four songs they have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then did you catch the Psycho reference? The reference to the movie Psycho. Have you seen the movie Psycho? Nope. Um, it's not the stabbing in the shower. No, but it is related to that. Ooh. It's when Maud looks through that little eye hole and watches Marge in the bathroom. That's a little psycho thing. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I wasn't aware sure of that. sugar. I wasn't aware of that. We should probably watch Psycho at some point. Yep. We should probably add that to the 22 Flims yeah, sure. list. Now, Nick, I got yeah, a question go. for you based on this court case. Yeah, man. Because, you know, you're the law guy, so I figured law question you'll be, you know, a question related to this case you'll be good with. Um, who do you find more attractive, Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson? Interesting. I don't like either of them. Uh, I mean, they're both rather uh, 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 objectionable. <laughs> um, um, no, I mean, I think more. I think I've heard more people say that Tom Cruise is more attractive. Yeah, but I mean, neither of them do it for me. Okay, well, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. So yeah. that's your official position, that's my official like legally. Position. Yes. What okay, kind good. of tie are you wearing? Uh, None at all. Feels like I'm wearing no tie at all. Oh, has there someone was... done a mashup of that? Surely. Like, <laughs> huts. <laughs> quoting Flanders. Oh, that's good. You should do that. There was a there was a Tumblr account years ago that was like, people would submit screenshots from The Simpsons alongside, uh, you know, like, this is like what the clickbait BuzzFeedy like headline oh, would okay, look like sure. for this. And I submitted one that was, uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was... Huts without his tie on with, up the sleeve and uh, it was something along the lines of you know he asked this witness what kind of tie he was wearing uh, the answer he gave will shock you <laughs> something like that yeah it was nice. better than that it was good but yeah, uh, nice. yeah. nice good Apu uh, seems to have a photographic memory as much as this is all quite weird but I think uh, I think Phil Hartman's performance as Lionel Hutz is particularly good in this episode I think he does a really good job mm. with all the weird little beats they give him about alcoholism and talking to David Crosby and not wearing any pants and yes. showing his little dick to the jury yeah because he's also not just wearing no pants not wearing any underpants James yes and they um now Marge ends up going to prison of course that Marge. is the Marge in chains of the title now uh without point too fine a point on this Marge is a she stole a bottle of liquor and there are some circumstances where somebody would go to jail for this. But Marge is a affluent white woman. And, uh... But perhaps... Yeah. I mean, I, I see where you're going. But also, perhaps more importantly, with no criminal history. Yeah. Which means she should not but have beyond, gone to prison like, for this. I guess my thinking is the prison system in the US is inherently racist. The courts mm-hmm. and the, you know, the legal system. Huge racism issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like incarceration in the u.s is primarily i mean it's weird that when she goes to prison everyone there is white that's like a problem because Mm. it is not representative of you know a huge actual Mm. social issue that i think even like a silly comedy show should deal with if Mm. you're going to have an episode where somebody goes to prison Mm. and yeah like uh marge is not going to go to prison over this no absolutely not it is it is um I mean, it's not quite the kind of mind-blowing revelation we had about Homer's cars, <laughs> but uh, it is uh, an interesting point. And it ends up being weirdly weightless because we have no idea how long her sentence is for. It could be like mm. a week. It could be a year. I've got no fucking idea. Yeah, she true. Seems to be in there for just a few minutes of the episode. Mm. We get very little about what it's actually like in her. And, and not only that, but like, yeah, okay, so she was caught at the shop stealing the bottle of bourbon but 
There was no loss to the shop because they got the bottle of bourbon back straight away, still in saleable condition. Yeah. Which actually means, like, that kind of thing is taken into effect for sentencing. Not insofar as the the guilt part, whether mm. or not the crime was committed, but it is taken into account for what the punishment should be. They mm. got the bottle back straight the fuck away. Yeah. Like, there's no way you'd anyone would go to jail for that. Racist system or not, no one would go to jail for that. It's fucking yeah. bonkers. But if we do accept that Mudge goes to prison for whatever reason, very strange that the episode tells us a lot about what happens to her family and the town while she's in there. Nothing about Marge's actual experience as a prisoner. Yeah, interesting. We get like a scene of her meeting her bunkmate. Yeah. A scene of her meeting uh, Tattoo Annie. Yep. Who, by my status, does not have that many tattoos, frankly. Uh-huh. And uh, nothing else. We don't find out like what it's actually like for Marge in this prison. Yeah, that's We weird. just find out that like the family can't cope without her. We've already had episodes about that. Yeah. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I don't think... I think this is actually not a very good episode. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan, I have to say. Yeah, which is, you know, because I tend to just assume every episode from season four is very good. And yeah. now I'm re-watching this, so I'm like, ah. I mean, yeah, between the clip show and this, season four falters a bit in the end. We do get that lovely scene of Bard imagining seducing a warden and then hitting them with a crowbar, though. That's good. Dressing a little red dress. A crowbar that he's kept down the cleavage of his little red dress. Yes. And we get a scene of Chief Wiggum getting attacked by a pack of dogs. So I enjoy that. Good. Yeah. Now, what was your last night? So we see... I don't even remember the context now. We see someone drive it. Oh, we see Snake Jailbird yeah. takes the entire... So um, Apu says, oh, well, now my, my store will be safe. I'm Apu. Now that Marge is in jail, yeah. I'm Apu. Yeah. And then we see Snake Jailbird driving away with the entire Quickie Mart shop on Mm. the back of a truck yes there's a roadside distance sign Mm. and there are the following distances on the sign yes okay shelbyville 47 i'm presuming these are all in miles because we're in america yep miles per hour north haverbrook 63 and by gum they put them on the map and mexico city 768 okay so what i've done james is i have got this here computer matron to, uh, I found a tool that lets you draw a radius on a map around a certain point. Okay. So I've drawn a radius around Mexico City, which is 768 miles. Oh, okay. And you can, people at home, if you don't believe me, you can do this yourself. 768 miles. The only American state within 768 miles of Mexico City is the bottom, like, southwest corner of Texas. I've clocked where Springfield is. Springfield has to be south of San Antonio. uh, Okay. uh, Somewhere around Laredo, Corpus Christi, McAllen, Brownsville, somewhere in that triangle in the southwest of Texas. Oh, that's interesting. It literally is a triangle based on this. uh, Yeah, based on... Well, more of a diamond, I suppose. Shine bright like a diamond as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm, I'm zooming further and further in to see if there's any actually city called... There's Pleasanton, there's Pearsall, there's Dilly, there's Catula. Where is Austin? Uh, Austin is there. Ah, yeah, okay, so they're well outside of yeah, Austin. Yeah, so Austin, okay. Austin's well outside of it. But, you know, for, for decades, the mm. debate about which state Springfield is in has raged. Mm. They are, and if you think about it... you got the Texan oil magnate. Sure, yes, town, yes, yeah. yes, they're Texan yeah. oil magnate. And also, constant references... Like, Mexico is near Springfield. Yeah, south of the border, so, around Mexico way. So we get the Camp Krusty one where they go. Yeah. We get in the very previous episode where Willie said, 
to Skinner, what if the kids are dead? And Skinner said, we ride these bikes to Mexico. Shit. They're within bike riding distance of Mexico. And it is 768 miles from outskirts of Springfield to Mm. Mexico City. As you will see from this map, the only state of America that they could be in is Texas. I've solved this mystery. Motherfucker. That is that is some good shit. I'm actually genuinely pleased with that. Yeah. I think that is the like Okay, I'm, we gotta we're gonna write to Al Jean when this episode comes out. Uh, Al, we Al? we solved your little mystery. Hi. Hi Al. Gene. <laughs> Hi Gene. That's where I was going with Yeah, that. we've been practicing hygiene. We've been uh, practicing hygiene. God, we ruined it with that shit joker at the end. Fuck. Damn it. Damn, dang, done. Now they're going to take our license away. Um, anyway, so anyway, I'm, like, I'm, like, hit, I'm sure that there are other people that have figured that out too. I don't know who there are. I feel like you might be the pioneer here. Look, we're better to be a pioneer than Texas. Yeah, you've, you've literally struck oil or in perhaps, the Texan oil fields. No, I was going to say, we're better Wait to be a, a minute. They actually do strike a fucking oil field. Fuck, they do. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns? Yeah, yeah, with the oil field. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Oh my god. (laughs) We've got this. Huh. This could be a genuine pod of the Kia Springfield scoop. Yeah. Pod of the Kia Springfield. Alright, cool. Oh, shit. Save that for right at the end as well. We're going to have to... What are you doing? You can start. Okay. I feel like, yeah, we're going to have to... <laughs> when I'm writing the notes of this one, like advertise that it ends with a shocking discovery. Yes. Oh my god. A I'm very gonna tweet about discovery. this the moment we're done, I think. I won't tweet the thing, I'll just say that we've discovered something. I mean and it doesn't involve any folded over universes or I mean Colossus might be involved somehow, but I didn't <laughs> notice the radius is drawn on the screen in green there, so you know, who knows? I but... I may have specifically chosen green because it's my favourite colour. <laughs> okay, you are wearing Literally two different shades of green right now. <laughs> that's a good point. In a house that's entirely... You, you, you know uh, Blue by Eiffel 65? Yeah, I'm, I'm Blue, W-D-W-Da. I'm that, but green. I'm Yellow, W-D-W-Da, and this is Coldplay. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Fuck. We had two episodes in this in this podcast. One extraordinarily good, one pretty so-so, and now you've got a guitar. So I assume you're gonna sing something. Yeah, well I'm gonna I'm gonna end with um Gorilla Radio? No, I'm gonna end with the song. Okay. So so we, we can do the normal winding down, okay. normal ending. Okay, so uh, thank you for listening to Pods in the Key of Springfield, a podcast nominally and sometimes literally about the Simpsons. I've been James, that's been Nick. Uh, Hello. we much appreciate your patronage. Uh, you can contact us at podsinthekeefspringfield at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Keith Springfield, on Facebook with the name of our podcast, or um, I suppose you could just uh, put out some smoke signals in the shape of our faces and we'll find you. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, next week, we will have the season finale for season four, and then we'll do a movie episode. Finale is Spanish for final. Uh, thank you for that, Nick. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Wooza Wuzzle. Oh, whacking day, oh, whacking day, a hallowed snake skull cracking day. We'll break their backs, gouge out their eyes, their evil hearts will pulverize. Oh, whacking day, oh, whacking day, may God bestow his grace on thee. In Springfield.
Oh, that was not a good chord for us to end on. <laughs> I wish well, I had pre-gamed this and come up with like some rap remix of that song and then launched into that, but I didn't and don't want to put in the effort required. <laughs> I'm doing the mid-2000s version of every rap song for you. <laughs> you know how in mid-2000s, um, all like pop hip-hop songs started with like a, a broken, arpeggiated guitar chord? Uh, they'd all be mashed up with Elton John or something. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> 